and we start. Uh, we're going to cover a few different things tonight. Um, it, 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 we're doing something really odd because we're not really doing what the typical exile redemption class would be because normally I just pick psukim in the like, verses in the Torah and run through them. And we will get to that. But as I've been saying, I want to lay down some groundworks philosophically first and then we can kind of plug that into verses. Not into verses, but the verses I think will take particular shape in a different way. And I think we were saying last week, I think it's really important just to reiterate that you can find a singular Mashiach in, in, in the Tanakh. You, you can find it and you can see why by the Second Temple period um, there were many different uh, failed messiahs because people were looking, pinning their hopes. And that goes for, you know, I'm only for the, only for the purposes of this class, um, Jesus as much as Bar Kokhba. Because we're, we're not talking about people, you know, possibly coming back or not coming back. We're not going to get into that. But, but the idea that um, at that point in time, up until now, they have not achieved the rebuilding of the Beit HaMikdash. And Jesus' time was built already. So the question is what was going on. It was a different, different story. But the idea of the Mashiach being this person who brings us or restores our full sovereignty, that, that never happened in their lifetime. Whether they come back and do it is a different discussion. But, so we can call them all failed messiahs at that time. But their mission at that time is failed. So the idea that we're sort of focusing on one person is something that comes out of that time period. Um, I'm not saying that it's not in the Tanakh, but it doesn't have to be. It's very clear it doesn't have to be. We said last week, one example is the end of Avadi, where it says the Moshe'in, the saviors, will go up. You can look at Zechariah as uh, a number of people being involved with the possi- uh, possibility of being redeemers. Um, and that leads us to understand that really Judaism and, and, and the Torah of Israel is one where we, each one of us is part of the redemption plan, and the redeemers are, you know, are, are all of us really involved with it. Um, and that's very liberating. It's very, it's very liberating because it means that we shouldn't, we're not meant to be waiting around for a redemption to take place. It's because we are part and parcel of the redemption itself. And that actually, um, Terry were asking last week, what do, you know, what do we do? Like, what's the actions that need to take place? You know, when the Jews were in exile, a physical exile, the, the Christian theology and the Jewish theology on a Mashiach coming to save everybody kind of merged somewhere along the line. And, and Zionism, for all of its minuses, um, restored this ability of being part of the redemption process. Because you can only get that feeling when you're here. Because redemption is about building vessels that, that to contain this light. The light is inspiration. That's what light, we feel light in this world, Hashem's light, from the inspiration we get to do things. But if you don't have a proper vessel to put that light in, it just dissipates or does cosmic harm. So we want to contain the light? We want to contain and utilize the light. Being a redeemer means that I am part of constructing the vessels in my own life and in the national life to do that. You can't do that outside of here. When Rabbi Nachman says, Tshuva is returning a thing back to its place, and that means national tshuva means building proper vessels for the light. It only can take place here. It means we can't really ascertain what they are even unless we put ourselves in that mindset of being a redeemer, of being a, a, light, a world redeemer, a light bringer. 
that's what Mashiach is really about. We, we already saw the Maharal, Geula and Gola, right? Gola is the exile, and Geula is the redemption. Is only is the change of the hay to an Aleph, and Aleph is one. And all this whole thing, before we even get into this, this part of the Maharal, he's going to teach us, and we touched on it last week a bit, about the four kingdoms really is this refraction of Hashem's light in the world. And it's a covering up of the kingdom of God. And Am Yisrael's job is to reveal the oneness of the Creator. It's here, with, with, you know, here like, embedded in the reality. But it's not, it's not what, the, what the kingdoms do is cover it up. Because there's a lacking in the world of oneness. That's what exile is. And we all feel it. We feel this, like, disconnect and just, you know, like, like, distancing. And our job, really Jew and non-Jew alike, because really, you know, we're all kind of in this together at this point in time. We're not really, you know, w- once we came back, that opened the kind of floodgates for the light to hit everybody. And, and that's why the, it's all very confusing right now. It's very, very confusing. There's Jews that aren't interested in this at all, and there's non-Jews that are. And, and I would say, you know, there's people that want to be on the redemption train, there's people that don't want to be on the redemption train, because there's people, that, it's not their fault, they're caught up in a, in an inner exile. We're going to touch on that in, in, in a moment, which is like sleeping. You know, if you're sleeping, you're stirring, you don't really know what's going on. And while physical sleep, Rabbi Nachman teaches, is very good for your soul, because it actually allows your soul to return back to its supernal state for a moment. Spiritual sleep is not good at all, because it's just confusing. And, and we're, we're in, in, at the end of days, sleep is very, very, very powerful, as we learned in the Lost Princess story. The job of these kingdoms is to really, it's not about being evil, it's the fact that the world is in a, in a, in a state of disrepair, of exile. And these kingdoms are just sort of expressing that. It, it does throw the whole thing sort of opposite of what we think. We think that we've done wrong when the Jews went into the exile. And, and, you know, that we understand the Catholic Church thought one wasn't. We, we knew we did wrong, but they thought the, the wrong was something else. And that's all well and good. But the, the, the actual thing is that the lacking was always there. Our, our going into exile just, uh, just expressed it. And the fact is the exile, we talked a lot last week, didn't start 2,000 years ago. It started 2,500 years ago. And the truth of the matter, it's never really, you know, as I, I think I mentioned, Rav Cook said, we're always coming out of Mitzrayim. It really never finished. We just, you know, had an opportunity to do it when we were the first time around. And we blew it. Because Mitzrayim really is the supernal, the blueprint of the exile. You can always come back to Rabbi Nachman on this kind of stuff, or the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov really like, brought this out into a clear, the clear in how it's Ryan, the mates are, it's Shemot now, you know, it's, uh, it, it all fits together very nicely. It all fits together very nicely. But we had this, uh, you know, the Yidin, in, 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 in it's Ryan, they're, they're, they're in the mates are in, they're in the constricted space. As the Basham Tov says, it's, you know, that's what it is. That's why we're always feeling this kind of like disconnect, this kind of constricted like moments in our lives that we can't really sense where we're supposed to go. And the Jews, the Israelites really like felt that. And you know, there's there's two parts in last week's last parsha that that you know, you see exactly what we're talking about here. Where you know, they they finally start, they finally get to the point where they can't handle it anymore. And it's not just what kind of work are they doing. The work is that, that so, of such nature that they can't really have a relationship with the Creator. 
You know, they had no time to even do, to talk to God. And so they first let out a, what's in Hebrew, nacha, a groan. And, they, and then they start screaming. But, you know, Rabbi Nachman says groaning is the first, sta- first stage to, to, to getting yourself out of your situation. And we all have kind of been in our Mitzrayim, in our Egypt. So it never really goes away. The, the physical exile, the exile we're in, is just an expression of our inner issues. That's why, you know, exile in itself, in the Torah, is only mentioned, you know, later on. It's only mentioned in a few different, you know, you'll be kicked out you're not going to listen to me. Because if... Because you're not listening to me, you're already gone. You just now, the, the physical exile is just an expression of that. The loss of land is really, is really a, 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 a physical expression of, of, the inner, of the inner disconnect. But you're just back in Mitzrayim again. Okay, you might be in America, but you're still in, now you're in Mitzrayim. So they let out a groan last, they let a groan the Parsha, and that's the whole ball gets rolling. The whole ball gets rolling. You know, Renesson says something very beautiful about about what Moshe Rabbeinu go in conjunction, really, with this. That Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, he, you know, Kosh Baruch goes, okay, fine. Now the redemption is going to start. And then Moshe Rabbeinu, how does the redemption start? So the redemption, you know, he's herding sheep, and he gets to he gets to the snag, like the thorned bush, and it's on fire. And he goes, Madua, why Madua? Why is it on fire? Renesson said something. It's a it's, it's, it's a powerful part. Renesson just the, the snare, the thorn bush is part of a is a rose. It's really a rose bush. So, so Moshe is saying, why isn't why isn't the thorns being consumed? I mean, the, the rose is fine. I get it. It's beautiful. It's there. The thorn bush is not is not being is not being consumed. And so he's saying, Madua, why, why do I still have this mystery inside of myself? That's what Nassim's saying. So I said, that's, what, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu's asking. Why do I still, still feel like a mystery? Why are there still thorns in my heart? It's, it's, a, it's an amazing, that's what exile is. Like, you can come back all you want. If you've got the thorns still, and I can't clean them out, what am I supposed to do? That means I still, I'm never getting out of exile. So how does the redemption begin? It begins with the Kosh Baruch telling Moshe Rabbeinu, "Take off your shoes, leave everything behind, and start and, and, and come and start moving again." And I'm going to bring you back to I'm going to bring you back to Eretz Yisrael. And that's really this this we can never really get out of exile unless we decide to let go of the thorns inside of ourselves. Because I think that Hashem's not going to burn them away for us unless we let them let them burn them away for us. That the exile kind of follows us around. That's what we're finding. Because that's what the Maharal is saying. The Maharal is saying there's these four kingdoms, and they're part and parcel of reality unless you take care of yourself. Like if you fall into those four kingdoms at any given moment, you're back in exile again. It's not about a physical thing, although we've discussed many times the land of Israel is the trigger to open up the dot inside of oneself. Like you really can't get out of it unless you come to Eretz Israel. But it's not a physical getting out of it. The physical part is just Right, the trigger to, to, to leave it all behind, to allow the consuming of those thorns to be gone. That, that that's what the coming out of exile is. But the exile is natural; it's normal. I think that's the the chidush here. That's the revolution in thought here. That we always assume that the exile isn't natural. It isn't natural for who we are. That's true. The Maharal also says that. I think we started off, right, uh, when it was just the girls that one time. Netzach Yisrael. 
Yisrael says the Maharal says the non-natural state is to be an exile, but the, the exiles themselves, the kingdoms themselves, are part and parcel of reality, and they're here to to just to extinguish our ability to sense the oneness in creation. Am Yisrael's role down here is to break through all the klipot, all the layers inside of ourselves, and restore the universe back to its harmonious one state. That's the Right, the struggle there. And that's what he says here. I was paraphrasing. That's what he says here. Okay? He says, just to, you know, he, he phrases it this way. They're, they're like precious in the world. It's, it's, separate, it's, it's broken up into four kingdoms. Um, paralleling the four elements, the four ways the world is broken up into these four, you know, foundational principles. V'yesh ba'olam achdu, but there is in the world, like we just said, this oneness. K'neged zehem Yisrael. Am Yisrael is parallel that. So there's the four kingdoms, and they parallel the four elements, and Am Yisrael is paralleling this, this oneness which is embedded in reality, but we are being distanced from it. The Yisrael here, there's two stages. There's the physical Am Yisrael that we go, well, what's going on? Am Yisrael's not really doing what it's supposed to do. He's talking about here Knesset Yisrael. The Knesset Yisrael, when, when I'm, all of redemption is about getting reattached to who you're supposed to be, being authentic selves. So when we're in exile, we're not being authentic. And therefore, we're not attached to Knesset Yisrael. The physical Yisrael is being distanced to, from who they really are. And because, because of that, they actually the world is an exile. It's not, once again, being inauthentic, being not who I am, means I'm an exile. Therefore, the world is an exile. And therefore, the four kingdoms rule it. So when someone says, wow, look at that. how can I Yisrael be uh, parallel to the oneness in the world? It's, look, at, look at everybody. Isn't that? Exactly. Therefore, the world is still an exile. Therefore, the world is still an exile. Like we discussed in La Rav Cook last week, exile is a de-authentication of who I am. It's a de-authentication. I'm lost. I don't know where I'm going. That's why the princess always wants to go home because we don't we don't we don't know what we're supposed to be doing here. I mean, here's a here's a here he gets into the power because you would think at this point that we're in opposition to the four kingdoms. Because that's the classic way that one would think of it. And he says something very important. Amnam, however, ru'i, haya, shi'ya, arba, ma'chiyot, elu mikashrim, u'mitchabrim, yachad im Yisrael. However, it's fitting that these four kingdoms, they should be connected and attached and fused together with Am Yisrael. That's the, na- it's not that, we live in a state of nirvana, like the Buddhists want us to do. That's where our similarities end. 
No, it's not that at all. It's not that the exile, the exile is in the four kingdoms of up here and we're underneath. Because then the oneness is gone. It's only, it's all, it's all, you know, disconnection, perud. No, the, the right thing is uh, these four kingdoms should be totally connected to Am Yisrael. They should be in their right order. Rabbi Nachman, you know, teaches the famous story of the exchange of children. At the end, how does the prince figure out, how do they figure out that the prince, who is like, he was the slave, but he's not really a slave, he's the real king. How do they figure out he's the real, the real person, the real king? Because he put the whole thing in order at the end. He said, ah, order, everything's the way it should be now. Everything's the way it should be now. That the, that the ge'ula is proper order. The ge'ula is that these four kingdoms fit properly with Am Yisrael. That they themselves become part of the harmony. Umitne chesron ha'alu shehu b'bri'ah she'enam b'shlemut because of this chisaron, this lacking in the bria, because it's lacking that ultimately we, were, we, we experienced because of Adam Rishon and the breaking of the vessels beforehand. Meaning, it's impossible in this current state of affairs to have this happen. That's the exile. The exile is an inability for these four kingdoms and us to be properly organized. Because we're not in a we're not in our natural spot, even though now we're back in our trust, so we're halfway there, but we're still not in our proper mindset. And they themselves don't understand what they're supposed to be doing. The Kutzkarebi says, Kutzkarebi says in Esav, it's an amazing. Kutzkarebi was known for these types of lines. He says, "Oh, you think Esau is this brute that walks around like killing people and like you know looks walks around like bare feet and like you know just like a primitive guy? No, no, he had his uh, his his uh, his trimalachan, his peot, and his zakan. He, he looked like a frumid. He looked like a, like a really like a, you know a Jew. And he learned he learned three star of Gomorrah, and he he's making trying to make a point. And he sat and he gave good vortalach over in Shalashudas." The third meal, he's giving over. Kutzker says, "What did he do wrong? What's the what's the big deal? He wasn't kafuf to the tzaddik, to Yaakov. He didn't give in to the fact that there's a tzaddik, meaning his brother, that would be able to direct him in a way that would elevate him. The four kingdoms don't want to give in because they don't understand. They can only reach their actual shleim with their completion by giving it to us, and we are we're so afraid of taking that role." Because what do we do? We're so used to being in exile. I'm a little scared. I've got to give up all my stuff. And so that so no one sees what we're supposed to, no one sees each other for what they're supposed to be. So far, so good? Got it? No, Ufrat. Ufrat. Specifically now, before the kingdom of Am Yisrael, meaning before the final kingdom, which is the fifth kingdom, which is the real kingdom of Am Yisrael, not the state of Israel necessarily, because the state of Israel is a precursor. It's just kind of created in order for us to come back to something. Because the king, a kingdom can only be a kingdom if it has a king, right? That's, that's, that's the reality of the situation. 
Because they, you know, I'm sure that went out from the oneness of the Creator. Ad shichlu or malchiyot v'yavo melech hamashiach until this is going to continue until Mashiach comes and reorders everything, i.e., the prince who then realizes he's the king because he can put everything in order. Because of this, these are these four kingdoms are disconnected. And then, meaning, once the world gets to where it's supposed to, there'll be completion. These four kingdoms will be where they're supposed to be. This is why, back to the beginning, why in the beginning of the world, the beginning of creation, these four kingdoms were hinted at. Because they're part of creation. They're not something that comes from outside the universe. Bavel was meant to be Bavel. These four kingdoms that we had to deal with are all part of the creation. And because we, on Israel, were disconnected from who we need to be, they took a particular type of expression, which was, which was very not the way it should be. But if we had done or acted in a particular way we were supposed to, the four kingdoms would have been expressed in a way which is very, very different. Question. Yeah. Um, the Jewish people, he said, left the oneness of Hashem. What's he? What specifically is he talking about there? Well, the first, the the, the reason why. Remember, we turned to idol worship. Whatever that means, it's not very hard to understand what that means mm-hmm. in the first temple, right? But we see that in the Tanakh, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's, I believe that's, that's what's going on. Okay. Could it also apply to, uh, in later times, to assimilation? Well. He, I would say this I, I, for sure it does. It's just it's just basically a symptom of the same issue. I Meaning, right. okay. we're living amongst the kingdoms now. We think they're they're the ones who are supposed to be running the show. They they think so, and therefore we start assimilating. And then they say, no, wait a second, this doesn't make sense. It's really supposed to teach us what we're supposed to do, but we don't really understand it. And all it's all like a billboard and a confusion, and they come after us. That's that's the way I would look at anti-Semitism in general. I mean, we can go to many reasons why there's anti-Semitism in the church all those years, right? But when we discussed this a bit, perhaps it's all, you know, it's, it was also on Israel's responsibility, right? Like, okay, like all of a sudden you have these God-fearers and they're interested. And okay, so they ran off the, ran after a, a person who, who didn't make it the whole way. But they, they weren't like, what they, what they were doing before was certainly a lot worse. Mm-hmm. And so like what we do is, you know, the, the Yeshua ben Parchia, Parchia like pushes away in the Gomorrah, right, pushes away uh, Yeshua Natsri. It's not the real one, right? He's not historic there because it's not the same time period. But the, the, the analogy is correct because all we do is like, you know, you don't always push away. Sometimes you like chesed is to bring in. And so like what I think the Gomorrah is trying to say there is like you have all these people that like wanted to come on board and we didn't really, weren't ready for it and pushed them away because things were all out of whack. Things are out of whack, so then there's anti- also there's anti-Semitism now because of that. So we're not, it's not so like you know, it's not one-sided. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, there's not Stockholm syndrome here, and I'm trying to blame myself. I'm just like, historically speaking, look back and see like, wow, like you can see the Maharal say, like exile is a lack of order, proper order, right? I'm Israel's not in its land. I'm Israel's not doing what's supposed to. I'm Israel's not acting, not being connected to its inner Knesset Israel, and therefore the world is out of whack. 
it all comes back to our lack of responsibility or taking responsibility. And then what happens in exile, like we said earlier, we're waiting for the Savior to put it all back in. And it's true, the morale says at the end, the Melech Mashiach will order it. But it doesn't mean that we don't take responsibility. And he says, how do you know the Mashiach is going to come at the end of these four kingdoms? Because they were, after all, they are hinted to in the beginning of the creation, like we learned last week. But it also is in creation. Vayomer Elohim or Right after that pasuk. And God made, God said, let there be a light. God said, let there be light. That's the Mashiach. Yiv Ruach Mashiach, that's Ruach HaMerachetet Alpenei HaTahom. That's the Ruach of Mashiach, which is at the time, at the end of Esau, when there's just emptiness in the world, it appears to be there called Masadik or Tzadikim that release enough spirit, Ruach HaKodesh, into the world to start bringing people back. Saying, hey, this doesn't make sense anymore. I feel really empty. It's not the V-Or, though. The V-Or comes at the end of that process. This is, this is the generation we are in now of Ruach Mashiach. That we know it's near, and there's, there's enough of us saying, hey, wait, I don't feel comfortable being, being like this anymore. I want to come home. To me. And at the end of that process, and this Ruach Mashiach process, V-Or. Ki mitchayev and that all this is this is this is all like necessary. It's all dependent. It's all part of the creation process. It's all built in. Amar Daniel, as Daniel said, Hebrew. He says, he says the four, the four kingdoms, again, at the end of the Bible, Daniel then reiterates it. That Daniel himself says this, these are the four directions, these four kingdoms, these four powers are broken up. Right? Meaning like they're they spread around the world, only to, uh, the idea is now that the Malcolm Meshach will bring oneness to everything. So I, I, I said we're going to discuss exile and uh, sleep. I wanted to just get further in there because it's important. And I want to <coughs> learn a little bit of Lukudu Lachot. Purim is going to come in a month. Because um, it, it touches on what we're talking about. That that essentially all of exile. And like I said, there's a few psukim in the Torah about it. Like you know, you're gonna be set, you're gonna you'll be you'll be sent out. It says in the Torah you'll be sent out. Far away places. Not even getting to the Tanakh yet. In the Torah, you know, that's the Chumash says, it's not, not, not a lot on it. It's not a lot. Because exile is really about a is about a, is a nightmare. It's a sleep. You're sleeping. It's not clear what it is. You know, we know what it is because we're in it. We're all in it, right? Like we just discussed. We, we live in a world of exile. We live in a world where, where, I, where I, I want something very deep. 
I want the princess, but I can't have her. And we never actually finished, we actually never added the addendum story to the lost princess, which is the seventh butler, sixth butler, in this story about seven butlers, where, Nahman, <coughs> where uh, the princess runs away from the bad king, and she gets poisoned almost to death. It's the, it's the butler, the Sadik, who saves her. And some people say, not everybody, that, that that's the story of how the second, uh, second in command got her back. Not clear. The, 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 the king of the no good wanted her so badly that he decided to kill her instead. Because no, he didn't want else to have her. He was afraid that she would kill him, that the, the soul would eventually destroy the four kingdoms or rule over them. So we want, we want, her, we want the princess badly, but we, can't, we don't know how to get her out of the prison that she's in. And that's exile. So maybe we'll start this tonight, and if we finish, we finish, and we're not, we'll, we'll definitely try to finish next week. Because it's apropos to what we're talking about. The lesson says, The essential uh, power or overpowerment on us of the, of the evil kingdom, which is the current kingdom. Shehu Haman Amalek. What is the evil kingdom? It's Haman Amalek. Because for, for Rabbi Nathan, from us, and... Purim is the paradigm of Gula, uh, Galut and Geula. So a different take on it, right? The four kingdoms find their expression within the rules of Purim, not in the rules of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Because once we're in exile, we don't play by supernatural rules. We play by natural rules, and that's what Purim is. And ultimately also, the kingdom that we're talking about is a kingdom which is insidious. It's not an overt physical expression of evil. It is something which is very calculating. And that is Haman. And it's Amalek. We know Amalek is a gematria, a numerical value of safek, doubt. And Haman, Haman's whole, whole modus operandi in terms of the putting us into a deep spiritual exile is to sow doubt on us. By the way, it's past 70 years, isn't it? You're not going to go back, I guess. Great, we could well, great, we could stay in Teaneck now and have kosher burgers. Sounds great. Who Kishamachut the Kedushahi Behester? That is he puts the kingdom of holiness, the kingdom of holiness in hiding. Bechinat Haster Astir, that's the Pasuk in the Torah, that's the famous Pasuk where it hints at Purim. Haster, Aster, and that day I will hide my face. That day is Purim. That's the, you know, the sages go back and say that that's, see, there's, where's Purim? We know where's Purim in the Torah? Haster, Aster, in Devarim, Deuteronomy. Kamosh Ketuv, Le'om, Mile'om, Ya'amet, Va'achen hitgaber ma'achut ha'achashresh, Ha'yede pegam, Ha'achet achila, Shigaram lahem, that the kingdom of Ahasuerus was able to overpower everything through this blemish and sin of eating at the festival. He says in other places that it's now. Where do we see this in the Torah? Already hinted to 
Adoration eats from eats from the tree. tree, which is what, where the idea of kashrut is a tikkun on the tree. Mixing up that tovarah is from eating the wrong thing. So Kasha goes, okay, there's a bilbul in the world, there's a confusion in the world, so now you have to separate, you have to separate meat and milk, you have to separate tum'ah, the tahara, things that are forbidden from not being forbidden. You, everything's about not mixing now, because you mixed it up when you ate the wrong thing. But it's something interesting that, that he says in another another part, hamin ha'etz, if there's no vowel underneath hamin, what is it? Haman. It's all hinted to in there. All this is po- it's powerful, right? And that's the exile. Boom. Bill, there's oh, like powered the exile there. I'm just sure powered the exile about by eating at this festival. There shouldn't be that. They took pleasure from it. That is where Hashem begins to hide his face. I would have brought you out, but now you now you assimilated, right, Ken? They assimilated. Mm. What are they? St- they were still from Jews. They had, co- they had kosher food there, but they were, they shouldn't have been eating with these people. As it says in Devarim, he starti panai and I hid my face. And you'll eat. Here we go. That, Rabbi Nachman says, in Lekuthim Ram, this is what Nelson says, that if you eat forbidden foods, eat forbidden foods, you will fall in, you will fall into sleep. You fall into spiritual sleep. We saw that in the last princess, didn't we? That he ate when he shouldn't have eaten, he falls asleep. He just is quoting somewhere else. And this is what we see at the end of the first kingdom, the first exile. We have a chance to get out, to get the princess out. It all comes back to that story, it's unreal. It's unreal. It comes back to the lost princess story over and over again. At the end of Bava, at the end of the first kingdom, we could have reordered properly. We had the tzaddik, we had Mordechai. We could have organized everything properly. We wouldn't have had to go through the last three kingdoms the way we did. But we did. We ate wrongly. And we fell into a deep sleep. We fell into a deep sleep. Because we couldn't get the princess out. Whereas, who's the princess? Who was the princess going to be or became? Where did the princess go after we did this? On the poem story? We eat the festival, we fall into sleep. And the princess goes what? She gets taken from her house. She gets, right? Esther gets taken out of her house and then put into the castle of Ahasuerus. Not before the festival, but after the festival. And Esther is Astir, Astir. I, 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 now the Shekhinah, now the lost prince. Now the princess becomes lost in the castle. They're no good. It's right, Rabbi Nachman is just telling us the story in a different way. He's saying all of exile boils down 
to falling asleep. All of exile boils down to not knowing what you're supposed to be doing. Knowing that at that point in time, all they had, they had just to go home. They had to get ready. The sadhaka was there. We're going to get out of here. We're going to reorganize properly. Nope. In the 70 years of Babel, there's an aspect of sleeping. That we'd fallen asleep. We'd forgotten who we were. We were okay. Like, we're great. We, well, there's no problem. We can, we can stay in uh, we can stay in Boca. It's great down here. No, it's good. Got our kosher food. President Trump's president. It's good stuff. Rocking and rolling. Right, Achashverosh is president. No, it's the same thing. Achashverosh is president. Feels good now. Stock market's going good. Stock market's going good. What's the mistake? It's all the same mistake over and over again, right? We're being kafuf. We're being bent to the wrong king. Wrong king. We're saying, ah, I got it. You're in. You're in. Uh, you're in charge. I'm okay. It's true. Achishverosh might slip around. It might, might help us at the end. It's for sure. But it might. But 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 to make it that the modus operandi. Of what we're supposed to be doing is the problem in of itself. It's true, the crazy part of the whole Purim story, and that's a lesson of exile to Geula itself, is that the very thing that got us in trouble is the thing which saved us at the end. We ate at the wrong, we ate at the, the dinner, the banquet. Esther gets taken, the Shina gets taken into Achashverosh land. Because we're all asleep, we don't know what's going on. The Sadik realizes what's going on. He goes, Let's save the day. He saves the day. And the tool that, that we were mitchaber to in the beginning, connected to in the beginning, that we shouldn't have been connected to in the beginning, is the very thing which saves us, is Achashverosh, is the same, same vessel that was the wrong thing we can connect to before we end up being rectifying to allow us to come out. Because you never, because Hashem runs the show. Hashem runs the show. Kol hat chalor mipurim. Right? All the beginnings come from porn. We just don't understand it. When we try to understand it, that's when it all falls apart. Because that's when there's the four kingdoms, and I like, no, this guy, that guy, this guy, that guy. No. We're just connected to the Kodesh Baruch Hu, then all the Kalim work makes sense. Is this, hmm? is this why they say that we'll have porn at the end? The, 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 the Alter Rebbe goes on in this Medrash big time. It seems to be the, he says that there'll be other the, the holidays will be there. This is porn will be raised up above them because it's a porn dicker world. If the world functions like porn, that's what the, oh, Rabbi Nachman saying the same thing. He says kol hat kolot porn. He doesn't mean physically the time. It mean, also mean it could also play itself out that porn also is the time for Google too. But 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 I think the deeper lesson there is the idea and concept of porn, where all things are really just one. That's what Purim is. All things are just one. It's just we don't understand it. But really, all things are one. Haman and Mordechai are the same. It's all, it's all from the hand of God. It's all achdu. It's all one. That idea, embedded in the physical reality, without supernatural miracles to get us out of our situation, that's the thing which will go on forever. That's the paradigm which really is where Hashem wants it to be. 
which why is the measure says we accepted the Torah again? What's it? Okay, we accepted the Torah already, because this time on Purim, unlike you see in the Tzrayim, where we needed the miracles, we needed to be forced into it because we're I'm uh, I'm right? Horef, sorry, that we were totally like like stubborn. No, no. Here we saw we saw within the natural unfolding of events Hashem's revelatory hands. And therefore, we just accepted the Torah. Of course we did. We're like, wow, it's amazing. So we were in a higher Madrega after, after Purim. The world functions on a different Madrega level after Purim. Because there, we can see that even though there's a physical world, that even though it's not nullified that Hashem's oneness in my eyes, that if I want to now, I have the vessels to actually see all the events constantly happening in a way which is, which is the Creator's hand. And that's what it means that porn really is all the time now. That how, how redemption happens is porn. You just got to open your eyes. Like, where's the, that means where's the redemption? In the redemption with Mitzrayim, the redemption just took us out. You got to get I mean, out of there. They're just gone. All the other redemptions really, really, really is all about here. It's all das. It's all here in my head. Right? It's all here. That's the difference. That's not... Obviously, Alpi Chesitu, we have to learn from the, the, the Mitzrayim, is the paradigm of all exile, because it's all about an inner level, my constricted space. But the physical redemption from there was physical, in totality. It's just the spiritual component of that thing was never cleaned up, which is why we have to, do, we have to go through everything we're going through, because we never cleaned up the thorns that we never, we never allowed them to be burnt away, so to speak. Even if Moshe Rabbeinu did, we, should, we certainly didn't. Bechina, mi ikar denayim shivim shenafan. Me, the 70 years is a lot of acts. Ayemei shenatenu behem shivim until we see this, Ramtem Shenayu. Just bring the proof text that it's all 70 years. 70 years is the language of exile. 70 years is the language of sleep. This is powerful. When we return to Eretz Israel, we'll be like dreamers. We'll still be in a state of sleep, which is the mistake of our current generation. Hey, we have the state, we're all good. No, we'll still be like dreamers. We'll still be sleeping when we come back. This is all connected, because that 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 tilm is connected to coming back from Babel, but it's forever. So we, the same thing plays itself out over and over again. That that is talking about the Gal- coming back from the Galut Babel. We're going to be as if we're sleeping, because our Jews are already coming back at the time of Achashverosh. So we're still in sleeping mode. And this is why at the end of the 70 years, the sleeping got worse and worse. Totally hidden. Hashem became hidden. They saw that Am Yisrael still sleeping. They saw that Am Yisrael didn't wake up and go home yet. They saw that Am Yisrael wants to eat a banquet of them. They go, voila, got it. We can finish them off. Fish them off. 
that Germany saw that, that the Jews weren't going home. It's time to wake up. I'll wake it up. Okay. Got it. We can take care of it. That the fact is that the gula should have been right after the 70 years. And since they calculated wrongly, though, they saw, oh, it's like 70 years, see, gula didn't happen, the whole story is wrong, the whole prophecy is off. As Kashem on Panim. So that Yev Shaliot ki im ayadei Mashiach sheavob mehera b'meil. That they thought Mashiach and Haman they had fallen completely into sleep forever and they could take care of him. But really, because what would happen if it was really after seventy years, they'd fall completely out of the seventy phases of Torah, which we know in in Lukutim Ran, Rabbi Nachman says when that happens, i.e., where we're at now, means we're back, we're past the seventy year mark, i.e., we're totally asleep. It's not like back then. We're totally asleep. Rabbi Nachman says there's only one way out. What's the one way out? Way back when I quoted... What's it? Groaning. Well, Groaning is a great point. But, 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 but like, the beginning of the Lost Princess story, I said in, in, in the Torah 60, Rabbi Nachman says something. I'm going to tell these stories because the only way out of, of exile, the only way out of a sleep that you can't get out of isn't Torah. Because you don't—it's you're not in the seventy faces of Torah anymore. It's a story. It's the story. We'll stop here, but but uh, but um, which is why why Miguel's Esther, the scroll of Esther, is a story. Kol hat chlip the Purim. Kol beginnings are from Purim. Want to get out of? Want to get out? Start reading reading Miguel's Esther. Because it's always going to be in there. The answers are always going to be in that story. That's what Rabbi wants to say. The, the exile of the four kingdoms, the fact is we're all asleep. We're, we're, everything's, the whole world's asleep. And we're so far gone at this point. We're so far gone. Because at the end, it gets really, 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 we're in slumber. And only the, tor- only, only this, only the story of the Tzaddik <coughs> can get you out of there. Not, not Torah itself. That's it. Till next time.